Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. Uh, you know, I just rolled in the door myself here, so I don't really have a bit here to kick the show off. I don't know. What's the hottest uh, nerd news these, of the day right now? Um, uh, is it the Anthem demo? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> is it, is it, uh, is it Yoko it's Taro uh, making a near scenario for Final Fantasy XIV? Yes, I was going to say that's a little bit closer. I think we're all here to uh, okay. celebrate that uh, Yoko Taro will finally be directing uh, the next Final Fantasy game. And by next Final Fantasy game, <laughs> I mean Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> the actual thing is probably Kingdom Hearts, uh, right? Yeah, but let's be real. None I, of us have played it. None and... of us care. None of us care about Kingdom Hearts, right? I, don't know. I was watching my friend stream it the other day, and I was like, "This sucks." Until they got to the Monsters Inc. world, and uh, at the end of the Monsters Inc. world, fucking black robe anime villain guy. This is like saying all his darkness in your soul shit uh, to, to Sora. And then James P. Sullivan just picks him up and throws him into a door. Yeah, that and sounds all right. it's the fucking best thing in that game that I've that, that, seen. That's, that's, that's well, pretty I, good. Did, I did see a screen cap that was like, it was like Woody staring at a castle draped in darkness. And the line is like, Woody's like saying, I see... So that's what happens when you aren't loved or something. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Uh, in Toy Story, like, at the end of Toy right, Story World, game. fucking, they kidnap Buzz Lightyear. Oh, no. And talk about how if you aren't, if you don't have bonds or whatever, and then Woody gives his whole speech to Organization 13, black-robed man, about how you obviously don't have any friends. Right. Whatever. I mean, like, I feel like you'd never have to worry about, like, like I feel like, okay, look, I know, like, anime villains are generally not very smart, but I feel like if you were going to, like, do the whole, like, kidnap one of the good guys and brainwash them to become one of the bad guys, I feel like Toy Story would be a really bad choice, because, like, motherfucker, they say it in the credits, you got a friend in me. Yep. Like, it's all about all, the friends. That's all Woody has to say, and it would instantly, uh, Unnort Buzz Lightyear or whatever. Is that what they're trying to do? Are they trying to nort Buzz I Lightyear? I don't fucking know, dude. Kingdom Hearts. <sighs> yeah. That, uh. <laughs> Can throw Mike Wazowski like I, I a bowling ball. Some, uh... That does sound all right. All right, all right. But. That's pretty good. I've also seen some, uh, some, uh, pretty cool gummy ships, which is all I ever cared about in uh was making gummy ships the fake video games in in toy story world are pretty good yes i saw some of that i thought i feel like it was like weirdly self-aware for square like here are these like really dumb extravagant like overly produced jrpg bullshit yeah like you half expect to see at you know fucking tgs this year or something Mm mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> yeah i have not seen those yet so but also maybe making but... those trailers is what set back kingdom hearts 3 like 15 years so who can say <laughs> it was worth it in the end yeah how long how long has it been 15 years is 
I I I, I still have that really- number. I don't actually know if it's been that long. I think not quite fifteen. I think Kingdom Hearts Two came out in two thousand five. There was no iPhone. So if Sora gets a like smartphone at the start of Kingdom Hearts Three, but <laughs> iPhones didn't exist when Kingdom Hearts Two came out. The Man, that's... the smartphone did not exist. Oh boy, that's really putting things into perspective. <laughs> so th- uh, that was a late, late edition, late game edition for sure. Then, but uh, yeah. So I, that's kind of like the uh, I, 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 you know, I asked this question the other day. I don't remember what the answer was. Is that the last game on like the cursed uh, game development hell list uh, that w- we never thought was ever going to see the light of day? along with, uh, like, The Last Guardian in Persona 5. I mean, as I said before, you know, we could always throw Borderlands 3 onto that list if you want to go into that tangent, but this is an anime podcast. Oh, right, yeah, we talked about so, that, and I definitely, that, yeah, I'm definitely going to cut that tangent Maybe off. the less said about oh, Borderlands God. 3 and Gearbox and Randy Pitchford <laughs> these days, the better. Yeah, go go do some Googling if you want. We're not going to get into that. Um <laughs> No, we have other types of hot trash to talk about this week, so. Yeah, so um, this is an anime podcast, right? Well, Kingdom Hearts 3 is most definitely anime. Oh, it's so that's very fair. anime. I mean, but, it's, uh, I'd say it's about as anime as Ace Combat 7, so. Yeah, probably probably more so with the Final Fantasy influence, but um, we do have some actual anime to talk about, though. Surprising. Uh, as we are... Uh, plodding along through the winter 2019 season um still a couple really solid shows i think we're we're watching it's so a lead we'll harvest let's be real here <laughs> the, the the shows that are good are pretty good i'm, I'm enjoying it yes, but, uh, yes yeah no you're you're right there i don't know if i don't know if by end of the year if any of these aside from maybe the promise neverland people are going to be talking in any anime of the year discussions but We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, anyway, uh, let's let's get into our discussion then. So on the podcast today, I'm Jill. We have Iro. Hi. And we have G. Yo, yo. We're, uh, we're three man in it this week as uh, circumstances have worked out. But uh, I'm sure we'll be able to fill in the gaps with as many... Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get another kingdom hearts tangent who knows um so yeah let's uh let's get into this week's discussion and before we actually talk about the episodes i wanted to loop back around to uh possibly the most important discussion of the year oh yes which was our <laughs> our our question that we sort of raised in the last episode and i put up a post later uh what what were the best anime shirts of 2018 and uh, we kind of offhandedly mentioned this on the podcast uh, last episode, and I decided to turn it into an actual poll on uh, on the blog, which we had people vote on. And uh, the results are in. So uh, we're going to officially announce the uh, the winner here, uh, I guess, starting with we'll, we'll work our way up. So starting uh, number three. Um, unfortunately, uh, poor, uh, Hinata from a place further than the universe. She can't catch a break. Um, so Hinata and her food shirts came in in number three, a rather distant number three, I would add. Um, and then, uh, well, I guess once I say number two, number one will be pretty clear. You might as well just spell them out. (laughs) 
Yeah, so number 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 two, uh, uh, Hina from Hina Matsuri came in number two with her uh, sentient word shirts. Hell yeah! Which me, which uh, you know, my personal number one, but you know, whatever. And then uh, number one was Ash from uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon and his lineup of T-shirts with various Pokemon logos and icons on them. The people have spoken. Which is a fine choice, I suppose. Yeah, it's fine. That, but like, cl- like high class clothing boutique released their Pokemon line of like. I have not seen that. Are they like these like classy cr- Pokemon shirts or something? They absolutely are. Oh man, I kind of uh, want to check that out. <laughs> then they have like a fancy commercial too with like a young salary man is late to work, and but he sees a but a, he sees a kid who the Charmander hat. And a Pikachu backpack. And he's like, reminisces back <laughs> to his childhood playing Pokemon Red. And, well, like all the, and yeah. then he sees this say, like all the kids. custom shirt line on the internet and buys <laughs> a nice dress shirt with Charmander on it. I And then the next day he meets work? the kid and the kid's like, oh, it's Charmander. And he's like, that's right, kid. Now we're friends because we both like Charmander. Shit! All right, man. What is it like on his like? It's like on this. It's on like the pocket of his dress shirt. I was gonna say. All right. Uh, how do you even work that into? Yeah, your I was gonna shirt? say a Charmander dress yeah. shirt. I'm I'm struggling to imagine it right now, but uh, we'll put a we can put an image. Yeah, in we'll the have show to maybe. Sure. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll uh we'll link I've got that. The, in the show I've got notes. the link. Yeah. When you said boutique, I was imagining like I don't know like Pokeball cufflinks or something. You know, like. Or I don't know, like yeah, uh, make it a little less. I don't know, don't you want fucking like Magikarp on your work dress or like, shirt? I don't know, like a <laughs> like a jacket, and like the inside print was like surfing Pikachu's or something. Oh, some of these patterns are pretty classy. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hey, you know, better than uh, some My, of the uh, shirts we see at the, you <laughs> know your polywag. average anime convention. So, yeah, Poliwag. When I think of classy. Oh, Polywag. That's uh, <laughs> that's what comes to mind. Class, Real. elegance, and sophistication. <sighs> Polywag. There's slowpoke. Oh man. Oh Jesus. <laughs> that, well, that just, that just made me think. Yeah. My uh, my my brother-in-law was just telling me at his job the uh, he was saying one of the sales managers came in with this presentation and he was like, uh, you know. We're gonna undergo a. <laughs> he said, "My son just got into Pokemon recently, and our department is gonna undergo a mega evolution this year." Oh my god, that's oh <laughs> my god! Department gonna what? use the Z move. Kill me. It gets worse. It gets worse. He put up a um. He put up a slide that showed like a Litten with an arrow to a Incineroar. <laughs> man. Oh my god! That's not it's even like mega evolution. That's just regular evolution, dog. I'm not even concerned about that. I'm... How much time did this man spend on this PowerPoint? Oh my god, fucking! You want to talk about like you want to talk like weird nerd shit at work, man? Like I fucking, I had this thing. Like we're just you know we're just gonna fucking go on this tangent. So whatever. Like I was you know I was at work and somebody in the management office. I'm sure you've all had this happen to you before. Somebody in the management office. Their ringtone is Tank from Cowboy Bebop. It's, okay. it's the Cowboy Bebop OP. And like now I'm caught in that right. awkward place of like Do I say anything? Do I confront and be like, yo, 
I also watch anime, or is that actually the worst possible thing I could possibly do? I mean, a Cowboy Bebop is pretty mainstream, though. I mean, yeah, but I think right? it's more just like I think. Let's be real. Most anime fans don't want to fucking talk to other anime fans, or maybe that's just how I feel. Yeah. I don't want to talk to other anime fans, so that's why I don't have yeah. anime ringtones and I don't have anime like message tones. Like, I've had I, two incidents at work where I discovered that people I was working with are weebs, and I did not. Oh god, that guy who played the same fucking Final the worst, Fantasy the worst track, track on, on Final Fantasy Four. On loop. Yeah, there was that. Yeah, and he would play like Toho music, so he was in deep because he was playing Toho well, music. Because um, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't, I don't actually know this dude that well, right? Like, he's just a dude in the office, so it's like, I don't want to just be like, yeah. "Hey, Cowboy Bebop," am I right? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> Spike Spiegel. No. See you later, Space Cowboy. <laughs> like, I guess it's like. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's what you got to do next time when you're about to leave. We're about to head yeah, home. Yeah, you know, just, just, it's just, uh, just like, you that. know, it, it's like, motherfucker, when it comes to, we, this is not the podcast for it, but it's just like, when it comes to anime fandom, you know, I'm like motherfucking Kami Tower during the Boo arc, you know? I'm keeping my power level suppressed because, <laughs> like, exactly. I don't want people to find me out. I, I, I don't got time for that shit, you know? Like, I... That's why I so don't like, use my real name on the blog. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, a little too late for that now, but but uh, um, yeah, but yeah, you Anyways. know, it's just like uh, animate the workplace. Not they don't mix. Yeah. Okay, but what if you had a shirt with yeah. Charmander on it? I mean, you know that that's just that's just natural. That's like showing that that's showing your initiative because like you show with a Charmander first, and then like oh, those, as those a power are actually kind of. Those I don't wouldn't wear those to work, but those are actually kind of nice. They're custom. Oh, they? You can customize where the where the pattern is. Oh, let me look at this. What y'all what y'all talking about? <laughs> it's in the, it's in the dis, it's in the Discord. The oh, this the, is great. This is great. This is great audio material. We're just like yeah, looking we, at. So we'll link in the show the notes. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes and move on. But oh yeah. shit, these anyway. are these, these ain't bad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I still wouldn't uh, wear them to work though. No, no. Let me. I gotta, let me see this. Damn, damn. There's like a you got like a paisley. Like there's like a, like they use a kakuna to do like a paisley pattern. That's like kind of smart and like a weird like. Oh man, that's actually kind of good. <laughs> or like uh, yeah. Let me see this. It's like oh <laughs> shit, like doing the, like the scale pattern with the polywag. Like yeah, doing the, the yeah. That's, oh shit. Damn, yeah, well, son. maybe maybe if uh, Ash had been wearing those in the TV show, I would have voted for him. But <laughs> yeah, ne- yeah. Never, nevertheless, congratulations. Ash would never to... be a salary man. Well, see, <laughs> see here, I here. Let's think. It's time for me to air my grievances because Jill, you 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 mentioned that Ash won the vote. He did, but you didn't mention the numbers. Now, if I recall correctly, there were twenty six votes, and Ash won thirteen of them. In, yes, that's... In, in political circles, we call that a technical majority. It's not a super majority. It's a technical majority. And I mean, you know, some Hedrick, laws Hedrick, Lang, Hedrick Lang told me that as long as you have 51 out of 100. <laughs> oh, my God. We can't oh, turn this into the Legend of Galactic Heroes podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I can't believe that somehow ended up back to Legend of the Galactic <laughs> Heroes. Oh, man. As long uh, as we and Ear are podcast, we will find a way to bring you know Legend you know of the Galactic Heroes you guys, you guys, every glory chat. You know what, you guys are, you're, you're going to start hitting the point where it's going to be like how with like Harry Potter fans, you have to yell at them to read another book. 
It's, but, uh... but that, that, that don't matter. You don't need to watch any other anime <laughs> other than Legend of the Galactic Heroes. <laughs> well, they, I don't know. What is this go. anime called Mob Psycho 100? Okay, All fine. Right, yes. Let's just get into it. Thank you, Iroh, for uh, bringing us back on track. I had this um, great bit. We have... I had this great bit about Brock being nominated for the Supreme Court, and you, you just tr- you trotted all over it. <laughs> oh, okay. And you know, <laughs> sorry, fans, you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to imagine how that bit would have gone because it's too late now. Yeah. Just, just, uh, yeah. Think about Brock's reputation of the ladies, and let your imagination go from there. <laughs> Anyways, um. Yes, so let's let's talk about the currently airing anime. Um, sure, why not? We'll start with we'll start with Mob Psycho 100. And so, okay. um, again, I I feel bad I have not had an opportunity to catch up with this yet. I will try and make time for that now that I've I've managed to catch up with a couple other shows like Promise Neverland and everything. So once I get now that I've kind of got that settled in, I'll try to do Mob next. And I mean, uh, you know, I think I for think better or worse, I want to do too, but. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I think for better or worse, we're at the point now in the season where, like, I mean, you know, everybody says, like, the three-episode rule, right? Like, now we're at the point where, like, you can kind of make your informed choice, like, do I want to keep watching this, or or is this hot trash, you know? Right. We have a pretty good idea, you know, the the three-episode rule exists for a reason, right? We have a pretty good idea of of what these shows are seem to be doing, so. Um, But yeah, Mod, and uh, we did... uh, episode three and four since the last episode of the last glory of chat episode. Um, and you know, again, since I haven't watched it, I'll have to defer to you guys on that one, but how's that, how's, uh, how's that been going? Uh, spoilers, mob psycho 100 is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they're kind of building up, uh, you know, they're kind of getting back into the swing of things. Like episode three was kind of a, you could call it a collection of vignettes, you know, like I imagine, in the original, you know, manga by one, this was probably, you know, this was probably like a couple of one shots that were kind of, you know, uh, before the big arc, I guess. And they're good, you know. Uh, I guess the thing with the mobs, like, they're good in that very, like, you know, that very, like, top tier Bones production sort of way. Like, they look great. They're very funny, you know. The characters are a ton of fun to watch. Uh, I'd say episode four is kind of where we start to get into where uh we start to get into the aspects of mob psycho 100 that are always like way more interesting not way more interesting but were like the meat of the show that kept you there after you were won over by the visuals um you know we're not here to like summarize the episode but basically uh at first i thought this was going to be like a fucking <laughs> battle tournament but <laughs> you know i thought it, it, look that room kind of looks we, like we get you know, some real like Gathered like a hundred innate psychics into one room or fucking whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, it looked like some real Yu Yu Hakusho like shadow tournament shit or something. Gen- Genkai tournament. Yeah, the Genkai tournament. My bad. But yeah, basically like this rich dude gets like, well, okay. So a hundred psychics drop into a compound and uh, they are tasked with uh, exorcising this rich dude's daughter. And naturally they're all like charlatans <laughs> and cheats. But Reagan is the best charlatan and cheat out of all of them, so yep, we get some like really fantastic moments with him. Just uh, so Reagan continues to be the show's secret weapon. Well, maybe not so secret weapon. Yeah, yeah, very much. Like you know, there's you know, like spoilers. The girl is possessed and does some 
you know, crazy, like, fucking paranormal activity shit. And, like, naturally, fucking Reagan being Reagan unleashes, you know, his most powerful exorcism techniques, which are usually just, like, elbows and knees to the face. And <laughs> like high moves and shit. They tend to work out more effectively than, like, 90% of psychics, so... <laughs> but, uh... Sorry, go ahead, Jill. I was gonna say, so are they setting up, like, a, a an arc, or are we still kind of just settling in, like, establishing the status quo I think, again? I think they're setting up an arc, because... Yeah, the episode ends, kind of cliffhanger. Ending. Yeah, because it, it kind of ends with... Uh, it turns out the girl's being possessed by a psychic who is, like, mob-tier, or at least hinted to be, like, as strong as mob in some ways. Which, look, because this is being written by one, the same writer as One Punch Man... They could hype this dude up to the heavens, and he could still get blown the fuck out next week, for all we know. But right. at least now they kind of seem to hint that this is like somebody who could like actually give Mob trouble, and not in like necessarily the brute force way. But like the thing that's always been really good about Mob Psycho One Hundred is that like at its core, Mob is like he's a really vulnerable kid. You know, he he's a kid first of all, and he's a he's a pretty passive and you know it's some might argue kind of spineless kid at that. And there's an element of this arc where the villain seems to be specifically kind of uh, exploiting those insecurities, you know, that uh, right. that Mob has because I mean, of who Mob's he is biggest, and because of his psychic powers. I mean, Mob's biggest weakness is always just himself, right? So Yeah, totally. And that's, that's kind of what they're angling for here is... It seems like they're kind of doing. It seems like they're looking to do kind of like a Superman style, like uh, for the you know that that old Alan Moore story uh, for the man who has everything style thing. Where Taking you know this dream world. Yeah, yeah, they're putting Mob in a dream world where he doesn't have his powers to like mentally break him or something. And uh, I'm kind of curious where it goes because like we don't talk about it much, but like the show still looks fucking amazing. Like yeah, there are bits in episode four that are just like, you know, they got like the old, like, you know, season one oil painting or like glass painting shit. And like, they got like, you know, just that, that standard, like bones top tier production. That just fucking is just so goddamn good. That, that, that anime just looks amazing, but it's also doing some really interesting stuff with the plot. And I think that's the stuff that like actually kind of hooks you. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, well he said, I will try my best to. Uh, I'm sorry, Ira. Were you going to add anything no. on that? <laughs> Not really. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I will do my best to uh, catch up with that before next episode so I can actually join the conversation. But, you know, I did, I did enjoy the first season. So I, I do want to get back on that. And it sounds like uh, they're keeping pace with season two so far. So, all right, let's uh, let's move along to another show I need to catch up with. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Dororo, which also had episode yeah. three and four since we last spoke. Oh. Uh, what's been going on with that? They are sure covering the like well-known stories from the original manga of Dororo. Uh, you know, he's killing the like, shit out of some demons. Yeah, uh, they did the whole. Let's see here. So okay, I guess, three, I guess oh, yeah, I guess the the episode three stuff was actually mostly original to this anime. Uh, oh, is it? Which is the, like the backstory of the weird old man who took in Yakimaru 
and built him his limbs. Uh, the manga is right, just kind I guess, of there. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not psychic powers this time around, so they kind of had to explain, like, I guess. oh, there's just, like, this Dr. Woodcutter in medieval Japan who can essentially build, like, you know... Automail. Sen- yeah, Sengoku Automail, you know, but... uh, Right. Um, I'm... So, uh, this version of the story is playing a few things differently than race every other version... Mostly in that Hyakimaru is not speaking at all, uh, because presumably he doesn't have his tongue or whatever. Yeah, he's still, still mute up to this point. Still, he's mute, still not uh, talking. Yeah, although huh. like yeah, in every other version, the dude just talked with telepathy uh, and had quite a mouth on him. <laughs> but uh, I again, I think maybe it's because I'm not familiar with the original material, but I am definitely digging what they're doing with uh, Dororo. I think. At least so far, I'm interested in in the uh, in the path they're taking with it. Yeah, I wish the show looked a little better. Like, I don't know. I wish just like visually, it was more ambitious. I suppose it it is a little drab in some places, and I mean that kind of fits the tone. But it's definitely like the first episode was definitely the most like visually, you know, yeah, impressive episode. And then you can kind of tell from there, like. It's kind of sinking back into that, not sinking, but you know, it is returning back to that kind of like baseline level of anime competence, right? Um, that like looks fine, but it's not like you know, it's not blowing you away or anything. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I yeah. That... Wish it looked a little better, but yeah. the core story stuff I think is still good. Yeah, that that show is that show is hard as fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the things that people do, like it's some real fuck. Like Tezuka didn't fuck around. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's some real Tezuka ass shit. Like episode three opens up with like fucking people being crucified alive, and like you know fucking villagers being cut down by evil samurai. You know, it, it's just yeah. I've I read through some of the manga recently. Yeah, uh, and like the like violent and terrible shit that happens in that manga but still with like goofy round tezuka art right, it's still in that uh, tezuka art style which is certainly something yeah i mean i think as we said before right like we tend to ascribe like anime's most violent and perverted influences to you know anime's horny uncle go nagai but tezuka definitely could have a mean streak to him in some of oh, his yeah. works it, it definitely shows here um but yeah, otherwise, you know, it's still kind of just trucking along. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, as I was, to- as I told Iro the other day, uh, episode four, the joke I made, and I know this is, doesn't really work because Dororo probably preceded all of these, but I said that episode four with the cursed sword kind of felt like the kind of episode that happens in literally every single super supernatural anime set in medieval Japan, like yeah, beat definitely. for beat, like. The dude who's possessed by the evil sword, like the female, like sister slash love interest, who like will tragically be unable to save him, and you know the hero will have to cut him down, and it, it just <laughs> yeah, absolutely, like. But also, I assume Dororo probably did it first, so like you know, <laughs> I feel can't really. That's it's still old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But still a solid show. Still uh, enjoying that one a lot. So, um, yeah. Iro, would you say? Because you, you've kind of said how this is a bit more of a serious tone, particularly with the, the main guy not talking 
Like, is that, yeah. would you say that's like a good or a bad thing in moving in that direction or? I mean, I like goofy stuff, so I'm, I think it's an interesting way to play it considering every other version. Uh, it's, it's different. A part of the charm, right? it's different. Part of the charm of Dororo is that it could get goofy or like have, incongruous stuff like have him having a machine gun in his leg or whatever uh but this seems to be taking a more serious tone and while i think it's interesting i don't know if i like it as much if that makes sense all right well well we'll we'll have to see if they keep the machine gun leg or not as we discussed before i can't possibly see how i can't possibly see how cutting that would be a good decision but, uh, you know, we'll... <laughs> so it's got sword arms, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so uh, let's move along to one more one more show I'm not watching. Um, <laughs> but I am interested to hear your guys' reaction because at the, oh, the, last, man. the last time we talked, we had only heard the one... There only the one episode had aired because this this was there was only all, one episode yeah, yeah of, uh, of the magnificent Kotobuki yes yeah, so the magnificent Kotobuki this was this was actually one of the last shows to air like of the season so we're it's a, about an ep- it's about a week behind everything else so now that we've had three episodes under its belt and perhaps well maybe I should ask has the shock value of the first episode worn off uh you know how how's it uh, how's it looking after three episodes I think it's we- still pretty good weirdly competent like you know despite the like studio that made berserk reputation kotobuki is actually holding up pretty well it still doesn't look amazing but it's it's solid like even in the storytelling it's actually like weirdly cut above yeah yeah the moment i keep coming back to when thinking about this is an episode two where goofy antics are happening with all the girls and one of them makes says i don't even remember what line she said but it's it's a figure of speech and then the camera cuts over to the emotionless overly logical girl or whatever and in your heart you know in that split second she's gonna misunderstand what was said and it's gonna be ha 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 look at how socially inept she is or whatever and then we'll pan away and keep going with the goofy scene or fucking whatever. But instead she just says like, I didn't understand that figure of speech. Could someone tell me what that meant? You know, like someone explained to me and then someone explains to her what it meant. And then they keep going. Yeah. It's- <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that's nice. It's, it's like <laughs> weirdly. Yeah. Like weirdly, like uh, kind of self-aware, I guess, or, or, or conscious of like how human conversations often go. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's just anime as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, like, so here's the thing. We didn't talk about this because episode one was almost entirely CG, or the girls were entirely CG, right? right. But in episode two, we suddenly get the girls drawn in 2D, and it looks good. Like, it looks really, like, I thought it looked, I thought that scene with her, the pancakes, and the fight scene, it looked pretty solid. I think, like, her... Like, like she like I mean I I feel like the facial animation was like surprisingly quite good like it yeah. it looked pretty decent and then it switched back to bad CG in, in the next scene and I was right. like wait wh- why yeah. like we <laughs> like, we basically just figured out that anytime they're in they're not in their normal 
costume or whatever they're drawn 2d because then it'd be too much work making another model but also yeah, if they ever have to interact with a background character who doesn't deserve their own model who's 2d then they're drawn in 2d which ends up being like a third of the show yeah and it's... so it brings up the question of why isn't it just 2d you could put yeah. the planes in 3d we get it but right because here's the thing like the girls in 3d doesn't make a ton of sense to me because there's the show is not that active these girls are not like doing parkour or getting into like sick fist fights or anything they're just sitting in the cockpit like yeah. it's not like anime- it's cool crew dancing <laughs> right right it's like I, I, like believe me i know how like how uh intensive animation is but for the most part these girls are just sitting in their cockpits and like at most we're like seeing like a like a shot of them from like the waist up so like it's just like shots of them like you know swaying left and right and saying something in the cockpit. So it's like why did that have to be CG? Like because when they're outside of the planes, it's mostly just like standing or sitting around. They're not like they're not doing that much. So yeah, how yeah. much how much was saved by making CG models of them? Like the planes huh. make sense for better or worse, but the people being CG. Like here's the thing: if this was like a um. Like a Babuki Baranki or like a Majestic <laughs> Prince situation where the action was like really kinetic and really heavy on the movement. That makes more sense. But for this, it's like the planes are doing most of the work. So uh, the weird 2D, 3D shift is kind of bizarre. Uh, yeah. But has there... the show itself... Sorry, go ahead, Jill. I was going to say, has there been any more uh, ridiculously detailed uh, dogfights? Oh yeah, yeah! Every goddamn episode, holy shit! Like, okay, I look. I, I won't go. I already went into it before. I won't go into it again. But just, yo, the dog fighting in that show, is solid. It's it's it's. Here are these planes. Yeah, yeah, and I have to admit, my knowledge of Japanese World War II era like jet planes is not that solid. Like, I've always kind of been more into American, Russian, and German planes, so. Uh, my Japanese knowledge isn't that great, but my I understanding saw the, I saw is the wind rises once. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like you know, I just here's the thing: I don't want to, I don't want to piss off any like I don't know War Thunder or whatever those fucking free to play games are called, or or any of you fucking Imperial weebs out there. But frankly, I think Japanese World War II era plane design is kind of chicken shit. Like. The Japanese Ooh. didn't make that many good planes during that era. Like, there's gonna be some angry people. Like, the, look, I'm just saying, compared to like America, Germany, and Russia, like all hell, the British, all fuck, maybe even the Italians, all have like anywhere from like two to six like really great iconic planes to their name, and Japan has like maybe three if you're really willing to stretch it. But if you're being realistic, it's just the zero. So, like, it's never been my area of interest, but my understanding based on the show is they're really going deep. Like, every time they meet, like, a new squadron, it's, like, an entirely new, uh, obscure... No, they have, like, 96s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. got a a right end. Yeah, it's totally that. But, uh, I just want to say real quick, like, even the show itself, like as an actual show, regard removed from the presentation, removed from its like weird obsession with realistic, realistic dog fighting, is I'm not gonna say it's like amazing or anything, but like it's like pretty solid fluff. Like 
Yeah. In the third episode, they meet a new gang of pirates who call themselves like the Something Company. That's right. And the leader of the pirates introduces himself as the CEO. And, like, they have, like, an old-school, like, Japanese-style corporate, like, anthem, you know, with lyrics like, and if you get robbed, that's business. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> And like, oh, you when know they like, I think I saw screenshots of that. You probably saw a screenshot of like the dude with like the painting or something. Yeah, that, but, uh, that was pretty fun. That looked pretty fun. And like, there's a great, yeah, like there's a great fucking line where like he's trying to like buy like you know, you know, he's trying to like buy the town, you know, community center equivalent essentially, right? And he's like, I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it with this paint, or it's a plane. Yes, he's trying to buy out the town's like special plane. And he's like, I'll buy it with this painting. The original painting is worth like a million dollars. Now, this is a very accurate forgery, but <laughs> it's about worth <laughs> roughly the same amount. For <laughs> like, this quality. Yes, yes. And like when the dogfight actually happens, like he qual- he calls parts of his squadron based on like fucking business terms. So he's saying shit like, HR department, cover my flank. Yeah, Sales that, team, yeah, take out those bogeys. That's what I saw screenshots of. Oh, yeah. okay. And I was just like, all right. This show kind of has a pretty good sense of humor about it. Yeah. <laughs> and It's uh, pretty good. So, yeah. I don't know. It's like uh, not much else to really say about it, but uh, still uh, surprisingly decent well, despite. What, I, I have. Made. Yeah. I have one last question. G, are you excited for the gotcha game they just announced this past week for uh for the show? <sighs> All right, since since we're going to get into that. So I I'm a man caught between two worlds here because those PVs didn't have any planes. There were no planes in those trailers. Yeah, that was like, weird. How can you how can you advertise a plane gotcha game with no planes? Okay, what then, if, hold on, let me stop you there. What if the planes were girls? But that's not even the tr- that's not even the case. <laughs> like, also, has that actually happened? How come? Th- is there actually not a gotcha game with that premise? Yet? Surely it has. Right. You got like boat well, girls and did, gun girls. Did they make, like, did they make a girly Air Force One yet? Because that's no, I guess not. I, I, th- I think I mean that's based off a light novel series, right? I think. But I mean, that doesn't mean they can't make it a gotcha game, but. I suppose anything so. can be a gotcha game. I mean, yes, anything can be a gotcha game. Even even get this a a, a a visual novel about seven historical figures being resurrected. Even Legend of Galactic Heroes was a gotcha game. Yeah, you know, I can't even top that. That's truly the the most the biggest stretch in. Oh, rest in peace, that Dito game. I really I really wanted to play that. Vampire Overstud. Oh man, that's so good. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, but what I was gonna <clears> say is. Caught between two worlds because there are no planes. But then Japan, oh Japan, you rascal! You always, you always know how to get me because because <laughs> the trailer was like, now nah, we don't have planes, but what if we had girls in pinstripe suits? And I'm like, Ugh. ah, you got me again. You got me again. Yeah, with like they had they um... like, like mob bluesy tune. Is there some theme song? I was like, shit. They know what I want. They, had, they, they showed like a, like three or four different like groups. Were, were they actually from the show, or are they just like make, oh, making no, stuff they're up like now? Entirely original, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're not in the show. All right. Well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of I was kind of surprised. Uh, <laughs> you guys still seem to be sort of enjoying the show, so I was I was curious 
what what was going to happen after the first episode, particularly with like the dog fighting. I was like, uh, did they just like throw that in there in the beginning to like kind of like say, hey, we're taking these, yeah, and then and then you know it was all going to be like you know cute girls doing cute things for the rest of the series or something. But it sounds like they're keeping that part of it up as well. So it's pretty interesting, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of gambling on gotcha games, (laughs) well, gambling at least. All right. Hey, I get to talk now. Um, <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about uh, Kakagurui, which continues on. I just love it. Sorry, what's the second season title? Uh, XX, or as I like to say, Double Cross. I, I should just, you need to just start saying Double Cross with no hesitation. Okay, yeah, you're right. But it's double cross, I, I feel like dude. this is going to end up like I, mean, I feel like this is going to end up when I, I didn't know whether to call uh, Crunchyroll's thing uh, Verve or VRV, and I messed that up. I don't want to, uh, that to happen again. But uh, I feel like it's got to be double cross, right? Because like, don't they double cross <clears throat> each other in that show? Like, oh, most that, like, definitely. The there the is title? definitely some double crossing going on, triple crossing. Right. Even. So then, like, so yeah. So then, double cross makes sense as a yeah. So I don't know. That, next, that's just my next challenge. episode. I will confidently introduce it as Kakuguri Double Cross. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I you know I just love explaining what happens in this show because it's so ridiculous. Please do. Um, <laughs> so tell me more. So, episode three and four conveniently it was its own little battle in the uh, you know I, I compared this season last time to uh a shonen battle in anime tor- tournament arc so in this particular battle is a showdown with these uh two sisters who uh work for a pharmacy or whose family owns a pharmaceutical company and as a result they are masters of poison so that's their hook oh man uh, and uh so in this in this in this particular battle they poison the main girl Yumiko, and it's up to her sidekicks to uh, win the battle for her. They they gamble for the antidote to the poison, um, and uh, yeah, it was pretty. But is taking the antidote a gamble in itself because it only has a twenty percent chance of working <laughs> or something like that? No, they ha- they don't go quite that far. But um, yeah, it was uh, you know, kind of, well, just to go back to the beginning, I guess with with uh, the main girl Yumiko, she does you know again with the the shonen comparison you know whoever she beats beaten season one basically joins the, joins the bench right goes sits on the bench for their turn but she does have her main bench of uh right the way you yeah go ahead g what are you saying the way you described it to me to the other day like how this arc went i think did a fantastic job of summarizing what the fuck is going on in, in this show? Like, doesn't uh, Goku get a heart disease, and so they have to? <laughs> well, well, yes. I like you use you use, yes. you use the reference to an extremely specific yeah, so part I, of Dragon Ball yeah, Z. My metaphor for this was the the time that uh, Vegeta showed up and destroyed uh, Dodoria and Zarbon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, okay. Yes. There, there are probably other examples of this, but it was. It, this, that was the first one that came to we mind. We don't want to team up with you, but but we got to team up with you because there's a bigger bad guy. Yeah, because because her her I basically guess, has I, the gambling Ginyu Force shown up. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I, I guess my frame of reference for like Vegeta, like really curb stomping a motherfucker, was uh, the Ginyu Force. Goldo. Yeah, it was like just fucking then, stomping but, but the shit but, out of Goldo. But then well, Vegeta I mean, gets beat up by Raccoon. Yeah, that's that, that's yeah. I guess that's true. It. 
this was so I'll I'll explain the, the the specific reference here because the the girl that hands out the beat down is is Mary. She's the one with the blonde twin tails you see in a lot of the art. She's yeah, the num- she from the, like she, the, the first one they beat. Right. So she's the first girl the that. Yeah. So she she comes in and stomps out these two girl girls that thought you know oh we took out the main girl so now we can you know take advantage of you know somebody weaker or whatever. And then she comes in and just like demolishes them. Um, Include in and the game they play is like a game that suspiciously looks like Uno. Like there might be some hmm. copyright uh, <laughs> claims or whatever here. Except right. they still all right. But what's the what's the gimmick? well they well they still they still place uh they still place bets with poker chips like they're playing poker. And then if you if you lose a hand if you fold. Or basically, if anything happens other than you win, you have to prick your finger on a poison needle, and then, uh, <laughs> and then the, and then the, and then the, uh, the, 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 and then the, the fight for the antidote takes on a much different dimension. But uh, hmm. yeah, so so basically, uh, the, you know, the we had Mary and the the the, the only guy character who's completely useless have to you know battle these two girls and mary right. just destroys his name them. i don't even remember i don't remember so his just, name right he's i just call him Michi because that's what his actor from the drama play in common rider oh <laughs> shit for real yes so yes so um anyway so of course you know they win and save the day and we're back to business as usual but uh man that show is just ah uh, it's just pure entertaining trash um yeah, I mean, it's every time you describe it, it sounds like the kind of self-aware trash that like knows what it's doing, so does a fucking backflip while it does it. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I didn't you even know, get like, into like how Mary basically got set up into doing this by the the vice president of the student council, who is the twin of the president of the student council. But she mask, walks, mask yeah, she walks wearing. around in a Phantom of the Opera mask with a voice like modulator <laughs> thing in it. And, right, uh, I remember and... the twist at the end of season one where they're like, well, now we can take over because the president's not here because she's out on business. And then mass, mask, mysterious mask, vice president just whips off the mask and reveals it was the president the whole yeah. time. Yeah, there's, there's, there's all kinds of, yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah some fucking, uh, she, she pulls a prestige. She pulls a pretty baller move in this one because uh, <laughs> she's, uh, she's trying to convince Mary to like, basically work with her or something and she offers mary like all these chips and then mary's like i'm not going to take it and then mary immediately gets a phone call from the the girls that poisoned the main girl and they're like or from the guy and she's like you know yumiko is gonna die get over here and bring a lot of chips so she has, she has to take the deal and it was uh yeah uh-huh. there's all kinds of mind of games and stuff like that going on it's pretty great but um yeah anyways ah mind game Exactly like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that uh, show's fun. And uh, we'll see. Anyone taking off weighted clothing? Hmm. What's like the gambling equivalent of that? Yeah. Like, I, oh, no, no, I, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is. Is you, is you roll up your sleeves. <laughs> because, like, when you're gambling, right, it's all about cheating, right? So, like, you roll up your sleeves, that's going to be like, oh, I don't even need to cheat to beat you. Or, like, I'm so good at cheating, well, I don't even need to hide shit up my sleeves. You, you, I got, you'd, I got roll up, you'd roll up your sleeves and, like, all the fake cards would fall out. And then you'd be like... Yeah, totally, yes. 
Uh, Each card would weigh ten pounds. I don't even need to. I don't about, even need to trick you to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I talked about that one gambling movie I saw as a child. Oh, that like Hong Kong one. Yeah, we were on vacation in China, and <laughs> I was I was flipping channels in the hotel room. Some gambling movie came up with English subtitles, uh, and everyone was super great at gambling because they had like magic chi powers that could change the cards. That was a uh, that was a Stephen Chow movie, right? I think it might be, yeah. yeah I think so. Uh, but like the main girl or whatever didn't have any chi powers, but she was really good at sleight of hand. Oh, okay, all right. And so the at the very end, uh, she, she's definitively lost to the bad guy with his chi powers, and so she uh, she's like, "Well, nice job cheating." <laughs> He's like, "How? No, you know I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. Look, I, obviously I didn't cheat. Look, I can pull out." Like it's nothing up my sleeve, but look, I can still pull a winning hand. I mean, and like the, the, uses his. That's kind of. I mean, that's kind of. Well, thanks for the it gets exposed. Euro. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what happens in Kakaguri because, like, the 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 main girl doesn't cheat. She's just extremely smart, and she just really loves gambling. And uh, yeah, sure. Whereas everybody else is anyway. trying to pull stuff over on her and everything, but yeah. Anyway, that show is continues to be fun trash. And I will yeah. see what uh, who's up next in the tournament arc. I think they're setting up the uh, the classy butler girl to be uh, the actual true final boss, but we'll see. Okay. Classy butler girl, tell me more uh, next time. Yeah, Rune we'll, Factory Four. Well, yeah, we'll we'll save that one for next time. But uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move along to uh, my roommate is a cat, which I am. Uh, it's it has been growing How on they me. They pay rent. What was that? Oh, does the cat pay rent? Is that <laughs> the roommate's cat? You pay rent by yourself? No, she 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 pays her rent by helping him heal his broken heart from losing his parents. Uh, um. Anyway, uh, the I show's been, show's been growing on me, uh, and it, it took a bit of a turn in episode three, where have you guys ever owned a cat, or do you have cats or have owned cats? Uh, I have I've been to people's homes okay. and those people have owned cats. Well, I have taken care of a cat. Well, sometimes cats just kind of randomly freak out and jump all over the house, and um, oh, yeah. according according to this show, it's 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 just because because they can see ghosts. Uh, ah, of so course. They, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> they threw a, they threw a little supernatural curveball at us in episode three. Um, Tata Bonri's amnesia ghost appeared. Well, well. It, <laughs> The the cat sees the the ghost of uh, the main guy's dead parents. Oh, and, okay. Uh, Why are they just hanging around? His yeah, house? they're just hanging around the house because he's he's That's weird, dude. he's um he's still they're so yeah, worried about uh, he's still him. very unhappy and 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 closing himself off to the world. So they, they man, we gotta we gotta we gotta call uh, we gotta go, call Arataka Reagan on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have these ghosts just hanging around. Well, you know what? I actually don't know if they're gonna still be hanging around because the at, at the by the end of the episode, they they materialize and thank the cat for taking care of their son, and then they disappear. So I don't know if they're still around anymore, but um. Huh, you're right. That is a turn for that show. <laughs> yeah, there. Um, I I was not expecting that, and uh, at most of the show, I you know I guess I kind of saw that. I, I guess we kind of all saw this coming, but most of the show is kind of cute. You know, dude learns how to take care of his cute little cat, but uh, they, they they go for some 
uh, emotional gut punches here and there. Like in ep- episode four, the cat meets the because the cat can talk to other animals, of course. And like when when it goes to the cat perspective, you know, the cat we hear his voice or her voice and everything. So the cat meets the neighbor's dog, who's like an older dog. And he's like this friendly, big, dumb dog. And he's like, oh, uh, there used to be this nice lady over there that would pet me all the time. I haven't seen her in a long time. I wonder where she went. And, they're, you know, they're and they so the, the little flashback uh-huh. of his nice mom petting the dog. And they're like, you know, uh-huh. throwing out throwing out some some punches like that here and there to kind of, sure. you know, try to add some emotional weight to it all. I emotional in the other direction where you said it was an old dog. And it was like, oh, man. Well. <laughs> I told y'all, I told y'all in the first episode of this show, man. Like, there's still there's still time for that. We'll see with the with the with the cat. But um, I don't know. I'm you, man, they're gonna do a 20 year time skip. I mean, it's gonna it's going to completely obliterate. I you. mean, all of our other predictions have kind of come true. Like Aqua mentioned, uh, she Aqua had mentioned, uh, does the cute girl at the pet store have a cat too? And that came up this week. So he he meets up. Does she? He meets up with the uh, the cute girl at the pet store. She's like, I have a boy cat or whatever. And we haven't seen the cat yet, but the fact that it's a boy cat nope. and his cat is a girl oh, cat okay. kind of uh, oh, lines that all up. And, you know, she's, and, you know, before you know it, she's coming over his house to talk about uh, what is it like cat dietary supplements or something, which, you know, most pets, pet shop workers will do for you is, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I like I said, it's been growing on me. It, it's it's maybe a little on the nose with like the emotional stuff, but you know, it's cute and low stakes and kind of it's just very pleasant to watch. I'll take it. That's good so, to hear. Um, perhaps less pleasant to watch. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> uh, to let let's talk about the promise. The, the promised Neverland. Um, man, this show. This show. Want to see small children be stressed? This show stresses out me out. Twenty minutes. <laughs> this show just stresses me out. Oh, I, I, I know, G. I, love I know, it. G. You've already read. You've read the manga, and you already know what happens. But for yeah. someone who has not read the manga, they're <laughs> they're really playing up the 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 the, the sort of tension horror thriller aspect. Oh yes. Um, oh yes, they are. I, it's and yeah, there, and there's all sorts of fourth dimensional chess mind games going on, and um, you know, so in like, uh, so we had episode three and four. Uh, episode three, we were introduced to uh, Sister Crone, who is another mm-hmm. adult to add in the mix, right. and that just makes things more. Li- uh, go, go ahead, Iro. Yeah, I'm a little iffy on like introducing a black character in like made clothes, but. It hasn't really been a problem so far. I think Crone's character and design is definitely like a thing of contention I've seen come up in certain circles. I think because I think for better or worse, she is often depicted in a more grotesque manner than yeah, uh, yeah I think that than the original mother. But I, I will say, give give the show some time. Uh, yeah. Crone is an interesting character. I. I'm willing to give benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I, I could see how you might raise an eyebrow, but yeah, I personally wouldn't be ready to, you know, pounce on that yet. But um, 
Yeah, but I it, think her, the thing I do want to say though. Go ahead, G. Uh, is that uh, the thing I love about the introduction of Sister Crone? Like we we talk about four D chess, right? We talk about all oh, all these mind <laughs> games, all these like plots and backroom deals. But Sister Crone represents. Um, what I like to call the Golden Kamui philosophy of narrative escalation, which is if one thing, such as a bear or a maid, is extremely threatening, the best way to escalate is to add a second or a third of that threatening presence. <laughs> like, it's such a simple but effective way of escalating the story, right? Like, how do watch, we beat mom? Right, how do you beat mom? Oh shit, now there's two of them. Like, right. you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's again, it's very much, oh shit, there's a bear outside the house. Oh shit, there's a bear inside the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, it's, I, like, uh, yeah. I mean, it gets even more complicated because she has her own agenda too. So it's not this like, oh yeah, totally. So now, now there's like even more, um, you know, factions for lack of the lack of a better term more sides to this uh you know than well, just totally. ju- than just you know the kids versus the adults um yeah and uh and then with episode four you kind of introduce the tension of like letting more people hold but then like the inherent risks that come with that yeah right right so that even adds like another layer to it okay well now it's not just the kids versus the adults and then Adults versus adults, but now you got kids versus kids, and like, oh yeah, uh, and and man, they do they do such a good job of like making it very unsettling without, other than like I mean, other than like the the first episode where we actually saw what happened to um, what's her name, Connie, like nothing Connie. has actually happened yet you know, since then. So like, so oh, but yeah. the, but no, the uh... tension is so high that like, uh. You know, they, they do a good job building up like like just even like the, the kind of creepiness of like, let's make the little kids play tag to teach them how to you know build right. up their bodies and teach them how to run from demons. Like there's something incredibly unsettling yeah. about that, even though, oh, you know, totally. even though they're, you know, laughing and having well, perhaps because they're laughing and having fun, it becomes very like this creepy horror unsettling thing. That's oh, very yeah. effective. I mean, I think I think the thing that. Uh, yeah. I think the thing that the Promised Neverland does super well is uh, it's not gratuitous. Like you're right, like Connie is like the one thing you see at the very beginning to like really shock you, but afterward, all the tension is like implied tension. It's it's all suggested. You know, there's no uh, nobody is actually in threat of you know. Well, up till now, nobody nobody is nobody's like lives or you know physical livelihoods are being threatened. It's entirely mental and. You know, and yeah, like they kind of keep finding ways to up the tension. Like, I'm, I'm really curious, like, what you guys thought about the end of episode four, uh, with kind of the reveal at the yeah, very end. Yeah. So, uh, spoilers, everyone. At the end of episode four, uh, Norman, I'll say, accuses Ray of being the the mole, um, and for me personally. I could see so many different ways that could go. <laughs> it's kind of hard. It's kind of interesting because like <laughs> both, you know, Norman and Ray have been like the brains of the operation and both of them have always been right so far. So now that we've pit- pitted them against each other, who's going to be right is an interesting question. Um, uh, so, you know, I really don't know. And I've kind of not, I kind of, 
haven't wanted to really think too hard about it, and I just want to see what happens. Uh, All right. Hey, that's a good way to do it too. But uh, you know. Taking the show, I mean, there's, there's, I, I mean, there's, again, we're we're playing some fourth dimensional chess here. I mean, if you want to read too much into it, you know, is is uh, you know, was Ray leaking the information for some other bigger plan or something? I don't know, but you know, again, I haven't thought too hard about it. I don't know if Ira has any other sure. thoughts on it, yeah. but uh, I don't know, like uh, he's since he's the like morose smart one. Uh, it kind I guess it kind of makes sense that like if he learned about the secret or whatever in the past and kept quiet that I guess that would make sense then that he's the bull considering his like actions and personality I think I guess the thing I wanted to kind of gesture more at I, I'm not going to spoil anything don't worry is that like they consistently portray both Norman and Ray as like the smart kids and like Norman is the nice one and Ray is like the pessimistic one. Mm -hmm. And I guess the thing I really love, especially now in retrospect is like, this is kind of like the first part where you actually get to see a little bit of like who Norman is without like who Norman is when Emma's not looking, I guess is how I'll put it. Like, like Norman is, he's a good kid, but you can start to tell he's a good kid for Emma's sake. And yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when, they, he was, chatting with, Emma, when he but... was chatting with Ray and they're like, well, we need to come up with a way to kill mom. Well, and then I'll, when, you know, when you find a way to like restrain and kill her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, eh, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be having this conversation with Emma. No, no. Yeah, even even not, the, but, his, uh... you know, trap he sets for presumably Ray. Uh, I'm assuming that was his his aim to begin with is pretty devious when you think about it. Like you have to like really. Oh, yeah, I mean, one of the one of the one of the yeah, questions like... that come up comes up in this episode in you know kind of bouncing it off of Emma, who's you know our most you know kind of relatable human element here, is you know can you be prepared to not trust people uh, <laughs> basically and and you know they right. kind of mirror that right. with what happens with the the other girl uh, what's her name um, Gilda with the glasses. Um, yeah. and, yeah. uh, yeah, so it's kind of a, a neat little contrast. So yeah, that's, a, it's an interesting point, G, which makes a lot of sense is, uh, you know, what, what, you know, while Norman see, appears to be the nice guy is, you know, is it just for Emma or what's going on? Just another layer to add into all of this, but, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's really like, you know, not to compare, also compare this show to Legend of the Galactic <laughs> Heroes, but, <laughs> I think it's like what makes fiction like this good and compelling is when characters, different characters, even on the same side, have different agendas. Like, even if like many of the characters we are watching the viewpoint of are broadly aimed towards the same goal, there are different agendas and their different beliefs in how to achieve that goal. I think can often create those interesting complex layers. Right. Um. Yeah. So I mean that show. Keeps being really good. Yeah. I, I, I good. love the... I, I, I forgot exactly what you said, G, earlier, but just the fact that it's... It, there's a lot of, like, you know, showing, not telling stuff going on. Like, I, one the one thing I picked up was... Um, they mentioned when they were... I think in episode three, they're, they, they're, they're looking for the tracking devices, and they mentioned something about them not yes. being technology from 2015... 
But then like later on in episode four, they show a calendar showing 2045. Yes. Oh, you noticed that. And okay, I yes. don't know what that means yet, <laughs> but that definitely piqued my interest. And the, like clearly they threw a hint out. Um, so I, I know G, you're probably <laughs> trying not to say anything right now. I'm just going to put that. The, the map on the world, the map of the world says 2010 on it. Right. But it was like that, like, uh, that's like, like is wall. that uh, well that that makes things even weirder then or maybe that's the last time maps were being made i don't know <laughs> but uh <laughs> um well if that was the case it, it raises then, some interesting questions if, i think right then like the demons appeared at some point after that right if they were still making maps <laughs> i don't know 2018 right. or whatever so i don't know it, it, it felt like a very intentional hint in there, so just thought that was interesting. Sure. Did the manga start in 2015? Is that Probably. I'm actually not sure, I gotta be honest. I mean, if you like, <laughs> how many chapters is it so far? Probably do the backwards math. Not that many. Uh, I think? Let's see. Hold on a second, everybody listening while we uh, Google uh, it, because uh, I can't remember fucking w- shit. Wiki says August 1st, 2016, so... Maybe right, maybe okay. they started writing it in 2015. Um, all right, so yeah, that show's good. Um, <clears throat> I think even just I, I mean we we've, we've been calling it the best show of the season so far, or at least maybe the safest pick for it. Um, so mm-hmm. probably it's definitely like the least right. controversial <laughs> pick. I think like I think every other show we're talking about. Has some caveats, you know, like Mobs a sequel. Uh... <laughs> I don't think anything else is really in the conversation. To be honest, <laughs> that's all I got. It's a really short conversation. <laughs> I was looking at our list. I was like, "Fuck, what do I even think to talk about at the end of the year?" Like, I don't know. Maybe the world gets really good in the second half. If if the if the next show we're talking about, like really kicks it into high gear like right, maybe well, let's, but let's move along and talk about that show then um <laughs> i have very much enjoyed hearing you guys talk about this show so uh the the price of, <laughs> the price of smiles uh which this is actually this was yep. like what this was like uh-huh. the first show that aired this season so it's actually a little bit ahead so we're already on episodes four and five yeah yeah episode um, five yeah five came, came out, out yesterday, yesterday so uh, all right, what what kind of crazy stuff has happened uh, <laughs> since we last talked? <laughs> oh man! So okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I was I was trying to think of whether the thing I was thinking about happened last podcast or this podcast. But yeah, go ahead. So, episode four, we return to the princess. Yes. Ever since um, ever since uh, Joshua, the uh, supposed main character of this show. Uh, fucking ate it in the third episode. Uh, as we mentioned, in like the most ungraceful, undignified way possible. Um, so we come back to the princess. She's, you know, su- surprised, not handling it super well. Uh, the kingdom is taking a beating. The empire is encroaching on their territory. Yeah, but they can't uh, deploy the new robots unless they have approval from the princess for some reason. Right, they have like their new prototype reactors that will like boost up the, st- the stats of all their robots but 
the princess refuses to because that technology was, you know, because their weird thing is that their magic, like, robot mech technology is, like, also their, like, it's kind of like their equivalent of, like, like, nuclear power or something where, like, well, imagine it was nuclear power, but it could also grow crops, I guess. Like, it has multiple uses, and she's like, no, we built those things for peace. Like, I won't let you kill people with them. You know, I won't let any more lives be taken. And, like, (laughs) the show kind of purposely forces her to confront, like, how naive of a philosophy that is, because she says, I don't want any more lives to be lost with this technology. But by not using that technology, we are repeatedly shown, like, kingdom soldiers, like, being killed in the war from the encroaching Empire troops. Like, the troops, they like, the Empire is knocking on the kingdom's door. Like, by the end of episode three, they have to evacuate the capital. I don't think and, it's actual capital. I think it's like near the capital. So, oh, okay. My bad. Major, my bad. Major city. So basically, uh, yeah. all of her top officers, whoa, 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 all of her top officers whoa. had to uh, get her out of her funk into a. I, my dude, they're. Right. <laughs> you gotta bleep that out. You gotta... <laughs> Not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know it's easy for that stuff to just roll off the tongue because, like, we have a Legend of the Galactic Heroes podcast. But like, we, we did that. We did that episode like, that, six months ago, right? A, <laughs> everybody is watching Legend of the Galactic Heroes. <laughs> like, uh, my dude. All right, I'll, I'll redact. I'll redact that statement. Fine. There's a reason why I have always explicitly never invoked his name in the Gloria <laughs> Chat podcast. I explicitly make sure I don't. Uh, anyway. Uh... <laughs> Continue with your analogy, Jill. I'm the blanks uh... at that point. N- nobody will know what we're talking about anyway because uh, I'll leave uh, that out. Oh, yes. shit. <sighs> But yes, yes, uh, yes, a prized officer has fallen in battle, and everybody is in disarray, everybody's, like, struggling to, like, kind of get things back together, because, because, hey, because they work on a monarchy, they need the princess to approve everything, they, their hands are tied, essentially. Um, and eventually, long story short, the princess kind of, like, begins to pull herself out of her funk, she kind of remembers, like, hey, I am the head of state, like, millions of lives... You know, depend on me to like. There's the war room. Yeah, and we've seen in episode one that she actually has a potentially has a keen tactical mind. Yes, (laughs) but uh, as we see in this episode, that's only helping my mind. But yes, go on. (laughs) So here's the thing: she it is implied she has a keen tactical mind, as we said. But here's the problem: she's not fucking hard enough yet to use it. She must, there must be more suffering before she is ready to lead her people. Because, Uh, so they're evacuating the city, right? And like some civilians died in an explosion. And the city where this explosion triggered the very war that they're fighting. Yes, yes. This is the equivalent of like, yes, it, it is the equivalent of like them evacuating Hiroshima or something. Like, like there's a monument to the event and everything. And like, we'll never let it happen ever again. And some, like, militia, like, civilian militia have stayed behind. Because, like, no, we're not going to leave our homes. We're going to fight to the bitter end. And the prince is like, no, we have to save those people. And the commander dude is like, you know, my lady, like, 
yeah, like, we're already pulling out, like, they're a lost cause. If we go in there, like, we might not even, like, it, like, even the people we send in might get killed. And then she goes, she goes on to, like, this big, like, inspiring speech. Well, like, isn't a soldier's duty to, to save lives, not take them? And, and the commander's like, very well. Uh, like, I'm sending in a small squadron to, like, go on a daring rescue mission to save those civilians. And so they go, and they pick up the civilians, and they're trying to make it, make it out of the city. And then they reveal it's too late. The Empire has already <laughs> taken the city. They have surrounded the troops. They encroach on them and then just fucking riddle them with bullets in the middle of the town square where the where the monument to the like not nuclear explosion happened. And everybody is ruthlessly I'm, killed. Uh, I'm noticing a pattern here. Uh, so And the prince is just forced hilarious. to watch all these people that she commanded like to do this for her. Like this blood is on her hands. They make sure they make sure they, they they lay it down. You killed these people, princess. And and you know what? You're going to kill a lot more people before this war is over. And uh, that is the price of smiles. Whew. The price of smiles. <laughs> and that's just episode four, right? <laughs> <laughs> we also find out that uh, the other main character, Stella, on the Empire side, might be the secret daughter of the princess's retainer lady. Yes, uh, yes, they hint at that too. <laughs> who was there on the day of the explosion and thought her family was crushed by rubble, but it is hinted that Empire troops found Stella among the rubble and raised her. Yeah, yeah. So just adding more and more like weird complications to this. And I'd say episodes like four are definitely like I I wouldn't say it's as self-aware as Kakagurui, but like it is this kind of like weirdly self-aware trashiness that I just can't help but love. Like cause here's the thing, the show is definitely it's oh, I don't trying, know how self-aware the show actually is. I don't think it's actually that self-aware at all. But well, it's ambitious. And like it kind of it kind of stumbles most of the time, but because it keeps trying so hard, it ends up doing some stuff you don't really expect I mean, it, from most anime. It seems like it's intentionally playing mm-hmm. off like those, like, like you mentioned, like, oh, let's do this daring rescue or whatever. And like in other anime, you know, they'd escape at the last minute or whatever. And and it seems like they're intentionally playing off of that from what you guys are telling me. I mean, is that you think is that true or? Yeah. Well, I, I would... the, the Probably yes, but also it goes in so hard that it's a little silly. And also sometimes it plays it completely straight. So like, uh, you might, we might as well talk about episode 5 a little bit. Uh, there's not as much to say about it, but like, so for me as a mecha fan, I kind of like episode 5 a lot because it's just, it, it is what it is a solid mecha anime episode. You know, the we go back to the Empire where like the, the, the plucky ragtag misfit squad are sent on a on a daring mission to like, you know, take the long way around to, to go hit the enemy from behind basically. And like, yeah. it kind of goes exactly as you'd expect. Like it's basically just an excuse to like give some of the characters like backstory exposition. And like, there's a character we thought because of the expectations this show is set, there's a character who explains her backstory and then immediately afterwards goes on like a daring, like, like performs a daring rescue mission to save the main character uh, on the Empire side, Stella. So me and Hero were like, "Oh, she's so fucking dead! Like she's they're gonna kill her right here and there. Like 
Right. But they didn't. And now, now I'm kind of wondering, like, okay, maybe they're saving her death for later. Because let's be real, this character, now that she's explained her backstory, we're talking about Lily. Uh, Lily, the, the, the one who John right. Wick the dude went, last That went time. off the big-ass ramp. Um, <laughs> she did not yeah, go off the big-ass ramp, but yes, yes, uh, her. Um, yes. And uh, so, like, she, we, now that we know her backstory, like, look, let's be real. This, this is how these stories go. When a bit character gives their backstory, like, they've exhausted their narrative yeah. purpose. Like, there's nothing left for them to do other than die. So <laughs> kind of just waiting for that other shoe to drop. She didn't die, though. But, uh, and not, otherwise, not in this a, episode, anyway. No, she did not die. No, no. They It was kind of a, a weirdly solid episode because, like, it was like a group of, like, I mean, okay, hear me out. It was a group of, like, mass-produced grunt mecha taking on, like, a one-off super prototype from the kingdom side. <laughs> and, like, they don't even beat it. They just, like, they just, like, shoot it enough to convince it to run away. And, like, there's that weird part of me that's, like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, yeah, that that's what exactly I want out of my mecha anime. Like, your thing. Yeah. But, uh, but otherwise, nothing like really, like, neither trashy nor super jarring or out of, out of nowhere in episode five. So, not a whole ton else to really hmm. say about that one. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. As a whole, um, well, I was just going to say, go ahead, where, do you, where do you think this is all going then? Like, it seems like there's, like, like how ambitious do you think they're going to be? Because it's, it seems like they could go some pretty big places. Uh, for better or worse. Well, the problem is that it's only one core, right? So, like, yeah. we're on episode five, my dude. Yeah. We're almost 50% over. Like, they've done a lot of, like, setup. Like, they've introduced all the characters. Like, at this point, they've, you know, they've put all the pieces in play, but we haven't really... We really haven't seen, like... W- we haven't really seen the results of that yet. So... Yeah. I'm I'm telling you to give it to episode, like, seven-ish, and, like... Until then, it'll be mostly episodic. Like, here's these characters, and then the plot will kick back in. I bet you. I, I guess for me, my curious thing is I'm not really. Sh- I guess the the best thing I could say about the price of smiles is I can't actually give a good prediction on how it ends. Like, that's broadly, fair. broadly, I think the kingdom is going to beat the empire. Like, that's just how it is. Like, you have the good guy kingdom and the bad guy empire. Like, just the way narratives are written. Like. That's. I think that's obviously the way this war is going to go, but the path it takes to get there is still shrouded in mystery in a way that kind of excites me. Will they win, but the price will be too high or something? Uh, well, I, mean, I mean, we need to pay the price for smiles, man. Yeah, are you willing to? Are you willing to play? But are you willing to pay the price of smiles? Are you willing to pay it in in uh, fire and blood? That seems to be what they're uh, <laughs> the direction they're going from what you guys are telling me. So, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll have to see. Man, that's crazy. The show's almost half over when you think about it. <laughs> I know, dude. It's fucking February second when we're when this is this is being recorded. Like, yeah. I don't yeah, even want to start thinking about next here, season. <laughs> Anyway, uh, one last show to talk about, something a bit more lighthearted. Uh, so, uh, Kaguya-sama, Love, Love is War. Ira, have you watched any more of this, or did you just watch the first episode? 
Uh, I have seen the first two episodes, and I've seen the ending sequence yes. in the third episode. So let's start there because <laughs> yeah, let's start there because um, I th- this is the type of comedy we're talking about. The moment to moment stuff doesn't really there's not really much to say because it's literally just like them talking about almost nothing in while they're sitting around in the student council office. Um, I will say the presentation is like top notch though. Like episode three in particular felt like some like peak era shaft, but like if they had the resources to actually animate things, um, it was, it it just looks great. I love the presentation of the show. It's uh, makes it very visually interest, visually interesting, even though there's just, you know, a lot of standing around talking and whatnot. And uh, I mentioned you know, the last time we talked about it, we kind of compared it to Takagi-san, which is still somewhat fair in that the main characters are uh, idiots that find very elaborate ways to not confess to each other. But um, <laughs> the uh, mm-hmm. the I think there's kind of secret weapon is the third the third character, the third main character, who's like their airhead secretary, who, of course, actually probably knows more than she lets on. And uh, <laughs> she kind of blew up Absolutely. the internet because they randomly threw out a new ED in episode three that was like one of the best animated things. Yo, no, wait. I'm, I'm watching this ED right now. Girl, stop dancing. You're using up all your budget. You, yeah. you Stop dancing. You, your show's yeah. not going to have any money left yeah, after they, this they kind of, Holy uh, shit. Again, if we're going to go back to like... Uh, the peak era shaft days of like 2010 or something where anime every now and then threw out random dance numbers for their EDs. Uh, well, I guess that's all going all the way back to Haruhi. Yeah. Before but, uh, it was all CG, before, yeah. Before it was all CGI. So they kind of randomly, and uh, I've, and uh, the episode that aired today for, they went back to the original EDs. So that was probably just a one-off. Oh, uh, I no, thought it was going to be I think a that was new just... ED every episode sort of thing. No, dude, I'm watching this ED right now. You cannot afford to do this every I episode. I, I, yeah. um, Who's animating uh, this again? A, yeah, it's A1. Studio? A, A1, I think. All right. Yeah. A1 got fucking money. I thought, I thought the conversation was interesting because a lot of people were like, oh, well, it's rotoscoping, and it's like... That's not oh, a bad thing. Rotoscoping is yeah, just I mean, another technique. Yeah, it's, that's it's still, still a lot of fucking work. Yes, as a lot of fucking frames you gotta draw. Yes, as, as Hero's saying, yes, like like CG, like rotoscoping, these are tools, and right. tools can always be used poorly. But at the end of the day, a tool has they, no they intrinsic. Made, you know, they, they made it look value in and of itself. Like it's still kind of hand animated, even though it's you know even even though it, I, I think they did. Uh, I saw some tweets from the actual animators and stuff and they were kind of explaining a little bit about what they did but um you know the fact that they because i mean like you said you can use tools poorly i've seen plenty of bad rotoscoping um (laughs) and they they managed to make it look like it's still like part of the anime while, while being just like ridiculously well animated um and yeah so regardless of the means and the, you know it's still a lot of work, and they made it look great. Yeah, no, for real. This is a, a very impressively animated scene. I mean, like the whatever the ED itself is like <laughs> fucking well, kind of whatever, but the, the technical crap that went into that animation. I, I was going to say like the, undeniably impressive. 
yeah, the, like the song is just like a dumb anime pop song or whatever. But the <laughs> it is kind of it is kind of neat that that whole ED feels like something that character would do if nobody was in the office <laughs> at the time. Cause, cause like, sure. Yeah. Like sure. in, um, yeah, in episode bye-bye four, bye-bye. they, so they play this game where, uh, they have to get the other person to say like a, a word on like, they, they like write a word on a piece of paper. Yeah. Or you have to like index card. You can't say the word, but the other person is trying to make you say the word. And, uh, as part of her uh ability to like uh, part a part of her way to try to like avoid any like patterns or anything like that she just starts rapping <laughs> she just starts dancing and rapping like okay. and, okay. and she's like she's like you know Probably basically more. you can't trick me into saying stuff i'd normally say because now i'm rapping and, she, and she's like and now you say yo 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 and so she's, I, that's, she's kind of become like the secret weapon of the show so that it doesn't just break down into like these two idiots who are in love with each other but can't, uh, you know, force each other to say it or whatever. That's, that's good to hear because I think like I think I think everybody's worry, right, was like, oh, is this just going to be Takagi-san where like or not Takagi-san, but you know what I mean in the sense of like it, these two characters have like such a strongly established dynamic right. that and it hits a point where you can almost go, like, but right. like. Yeah, it hits the point where you can almost like predict everything that's going to happen in the scene and everything. And it might, it might be funny and cute or whatever, but like having it, having an extra curveball in there makes it much more fun to watch. Um, and so I, you know, I think that was a pretty smart move. I think there's going to be other characters too, eventually, but she's definitely like main cast every episode, practically every scene. Uh, you know, it's the three of them. So that's it. it it's a that's it's good. a much more interesting dynamic than just like the two. If it were just the two of them going back and forth, can you think of any other shows like that? Like, like not a bad show saved by a good character, but like a good show made better because like it was essentially carried by like one that's not really like the, good character, the main character or something. I guess that's not huh. the main character. Yeah, I was about to say no, Favaro, he's the, but he's the main character. No, that's, also, that's not true. Favaro is not, not true. Entire thing on his own. I know, like, I know. Hamid's got a fantastic you supporting know, cast. The, it does. This isn't. This doesn't quite fit that right. scenario. But the closest thing I can think of is, uh, in recent memory, anyway, uh, was a surprise romantic comedy hit Gamers. I don't know if you guys remember me talking about that one, but. No, not even, yeah, so, not even a so little. So it um vaguely like there is like a main couple like, but their like supporting cast um is like help break up. It's, it's a similar situation where they kind of help break up kind of the dumb like idiot kids in love stuff and like kind of adds extra curveballs to it. I thought it was particularly notable because like the main guy, his like basically best friend ends up being another girl and it's not like weird or like, you know, the other girl's jealous or something like that. Um, and, and they are not interested in each other at all, which is very, very extremely rare for an anime. Um, but that had a, that had a, yeah, um, that kind of had a similar vibe where, where they kind of relied on the other cast members to make things a little more interesting than just kind of the main couple stuff. But like, no, well, like Nozaki, it, it kind of oh, yeah, is, but, like but like, Nozaki doesn't like really 
like Nozaki has three couples <laughs> so so it's it's kind of like sure everybody is playing that role in each other's thing as opposed to just kind of one central couple wherever where I people are playing fair. different roles in that but yeah i mean it's kind of kind of similar and nozaki is basically like the ultimate like dumb anime romantic comedy so um <laughs> but yeah uh so this show uh it's been firing on all cylinders i've been partic- i've been enjoying it it's a lot of fun to watch it's i'm 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 glad it hasn't been like particularly pervy or like dipped too much into like otaku humor and all that and there's there's there was a little bit of that in uh episode four because they pull out some cat ears but it wasn't anything like it wasn't it wasn't anything like oh, sure you know i mean Cat ears in and of right. themselves is not an immediate warning sign. It's just they start pulling up the like tail plugs. Well, there we go. That's maybe well. <laughs> anyway, that's a different. Uh, I was gonna say uh, that's not where I was going. It's uh, maybe a little a harder than I imagined anime. too. Um. Uh, all right, gel. All right, gel. Before we cap this off, then tell me in your heart of hearts. Where would Kaguya-sama have? How far in the bracket would it have made it? In from that, uh, the, in that the, the cute girl did, uh, anime, the cute show battle the royale cute, from cute show battle royale. last year. Yeah, yeah, the cute. Um, yeah, I, yes. How far would it have made it? Would have been. A, it probably would end up in a fight at number two with Takagi because they're very similar levels. I don't think it would have been number one though. But uh, yeah, it's. Nice. Uh, yeah, see this so the thing with this show, I feel like it's leans less on being cute and more on like funny and it is like kind of a, a romance thing cuz cuz like Takagi-san was also cute because, you know, it was a romance story but it was like kids, right? Like And I mean, not that these are like sure, yeah. Yeah. Not that these are like Look, grown ass adults or anything, to, but yeah. they're, you know, in their, you know, mid to late teens, like it's a little bit different than when you're like in middle school or something. But, um, yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, that show's good. Um, enjoying that very much. And that is the end of our list. So, um, yeah. We're still- a one, you know, but, uh, I think we were, you know, that's kind of what we were all saying. Yeah. And I, season, I'm, I I'm very much enjoying the shows that I am watching. You know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm, watching too much like out of obligation or anything like i'm actually you know enjoying watching them i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you guys can see the same with some of the uh <laughs> yeah enjoy is the word i would use uh look it's like look if there's any theme i feel like for me this season it's a bunch of shows that <laughs> i think you... i like but continue to, like <laughs> Elude and confuse is it, is it, me. Is it you think you like them but are afraid sure. to admit it? Like, look, like, <laughs> maybe, like, look, like, like between Kotobuki and like the Price of Smiles and fucking maybe even Dororo to an extent. Like, it's a lot of shows that are like, I, I think I like these, but yeah, I don't, I, I can't, I can't tell. Yeah. It's a lot of shows that I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good, but like, don't have particularly strong opinions on, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think at its core, that's just kind of, it's kind of how. I'm, well, here's the thing: you say that, but then also, 
we somehow managed to fit in like a fucking 15 minute rant about the price of smiles every week so you know sure not I that mean, i'm saying that's a show that like we love or anything but it's definitely i could talk about occupies i could talk about shield hero for hours and that's not a good show so i mean uh, amount of time is uh, uh well, we not, don't not a direct correlation all right so you can uh you can read all of our content here at theglorioblog.com you can listen to the podcast at the glorio blog you can follow us on twitter at the glorio blog Please feel free to listen to our sister podcast, Legend of the Glorious Heroes, where Eero and I discuss the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, leave a five-star review. We can also be found on YouTube if you Google the Glorio blog. Please subscribe so we can get a URL. Uh, I think that's it. Is that everything? Shield Hero is bad. Good night, <laughs> folks. Uh-huh. See you later. <laughs>